This is Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, good morning, everyone. My name is Yumiko Nakagawa, one of the pastors here at Wellspring Covenant Church. And um, it's a little bit, I feel like today is a different Sunday. So if it's okay, I don't usually do this, but would it be okay if we start with a prayer? You just heard me praying for the offering, but if it's okay, let me pray again. <laughs> so would you join me again in a prayer? The Lord, we come before you uh, today as a community to open the Bible and hear your word. Lord, we ask, as so many people uh, before us have asked you and you have responded to a prayer. We pray, Lord, that um, you open our hearts, you open our eyes and you open our ears so that we may see wonderful things in your law. Holy Spirit, would you eliminate the path that we are walking down? that we may see your way. And God, I speak selfishly for myself. May the words coming out of my mouth today truly be yours to this community. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me in the prayer. This is a good start. Um, we are in the third week of the current worship series goes called Stop, Luke, and Listen. And actually, we started to read the book of Luke uh, in December. I think it was a December or November, December, Advent season. We started reading it. We finished the Advent sermon series, but we are still in the book of Luke. And we are continuing to be in the Luke. And uh, in this current sermon series, our focus is listening. So that's how we are reading uh, Luke in the lens of listening. 
And I say, in a few weeks, we will finish this current stop, look, look, and listen <laughs> sermon series. And we will start a new Lenten sermon series. Uh, for the Lent, we will continue to read the Gospel of Luke. So we will see, like, we read the whole thing. And, uh, but the focus is no longer listening, but focus would be Jesus teaching on money, which I'm personally very excited to learn because the Bible talks a lot about money and we don't, I feel like, talk as much in a church. So we hope to, uh, as a preaching team, we hopefully we're all excited to do that. Uh, by the way, uh, when is the Lent? What is the Lent? Lent is the season before building up to Easter. And this year's Lent, every year it starts on a different day, but this year's Lent starts on February 14th on a Valentine's Day, which I don't think has happened for a while, and I don't think it will happen for a while again. So Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday, all on the same day. That'll be interesting. But before we get to that, today's passage is going to be Luke chapter 8, 26 to 39. And if you have a Bible of any form on your phone, in your phone or tablet or your good Bible, you can go ahead and open up Luke 8, 26 to 39. Or um, if you have picked up Sunday Bolton, if you're here, if you open up, we printed a uh, whole passage in a bulletin as large as I can get in a font to fit everything. I work very hard on that, so hopefully <laughs> that helps a little bit. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And then I'm trying to summarize the story, but before we get to the Luke series, uh, this scene is begins with disciples and Jesus arriving at this new place. But before they got to this place, thus far in whole chapter of Luke 8 and before that, Jesus and the disciples went all, all the way around, all over the place, went to so many villages and um, went to did the healing and teaching, but it all happened on this is the I don't know if you can see this is the Sea of Galilee it's a big lake but everything before that happened on this side of the Sea of Galilee on this side right this happened and that's where Jesus did a lot of teaching it was amazing teaching and he also did the healing he did a lot of miracles and kingdom God uh, what that looks like so people gathered around from all over the area wanting to hear what Jesus had to say. And Jesus had the brilliant and powerful and such a marvelous and new teachings, including Beatitude, Sermon on the Mount. If you've been coming to church, I think you might have heard those. Those are all happening on this side of Galilee, okay, the Sea of Galilee. And after spending some time on this side of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus took all the disciples and said, let's cross the Sea of Galilee and go to the other side. But as they're crossing the sea, I, I think you might remember the story. They were on the boat and a storm struck and the people are freaking out. But Jesus said, got up and spoke a word and calmed the storm. That was an amazing story that happened. And after that dramatic scene, they arrived. Uh, I don't think I spelled that right. <laughs> I spelled it wrong. So ignore the spelling on it. Go back to your Bible. That's where the source of all the good knowledge. But they arrive at the Gerasenes, which is on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Okay, And this side, far side of the Sea of Galilee, is very different from the side that they came from. 
And it's just like, I guess, even on this island, one side is very different from the other side. In the same way, this was the true for the Sea of Galilee too. This side is very different. And for one, the people who live on that side of the Sea of Galilee uh, didn't believe in Judaism, didn't practice that. And they were called non-Jews, which, mean, uh, which is the Gentiles. That's the word. So those are the people. So Jesus was crossed, used to have a crossing the Sea of Galilee to get to the land of the Gentile. And when they got on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, then they, um, they head to the town, right? They, they get on the shore and they head to the town and they were passing by the graveyard on the way from the shore to the town. And then out of nowhere, a man came out from this graveyard, which you wouldn't expect people to come out. This is the place not you would think people meet and greet. But this is where this man came out and started screaming at Jesus. And this man turned out to be possessed by demons. So Jesus commanded the demon evil spirits to come out from his body this man's body, and some more exchanges happened, which all recorded in um, Luke 8, today's passage. And after a little bit of exchange, um, the demonic spirits in the end came out, and the man was restored. That's a quick summary of the Luke 8, 26 to 39. I feel free to just keep reading that passage, um, but that's kind of the gist of what happened. And today... We will dig a little bit deeper and see how Jesus listened in this story of Jesus' miraculous healing again in Luke 8, 26 to 39. As I mentioned, in the previous passages in Luke, I recorded this really wonderful teaching of Jesus and a powerful teaching of Jesus that Jesus did with his words. Right. And people were just gathering and Jesus taught about the kingdom of God and even calmed the storm with his own words. But in today's passages that you have opened up in front of you, we see the power of Jesus listening. On one side of the Sea of Galilee, uh, the, the, the side of the Galilee, Jesus, the words of Jesus healed and transformed people. But when he crossed the Sea of Galilee and went to the other side, it wasn't the words of Jesus, but it was the Jesus listening that healed and transformed one man. Now, who was it that Jesus was listening to? Who was it that Jesus was listening to in today's passage? No trick question. It's a very simple question. It's the demon-possessed man. That's the only other character in the story. And so that was a very simple question. Sorry. I didn't mean to pause dramatic. Uh, he was someone. But this man is someone who was, you know, was, but, you know his, who he was is very, you know, dramatic, right? He was someone who was deprived of humanness and in all aspects of his life, including his appearance his behaviors, and in his relationship with others. I mean, no one called him by his name anymore. He would simply identify as the man who is demon-possessed, the demonized man. He was cut off from the community. He lived in a dark and a silent place in isolation. Everything he did 
was just out of ordinary. He demonstrated extreme strength, according to Mark 5, which records the same story. And again, on Mark 5, which records the same story, he rarely slept. We all need to sleep, but this man didn't sleep very much. And he would do something like hurt himself, which we usually don't do. See, to the family and the community where he was from, it must have felt like they had lost the man they knew and they loved before. People feared him, and people perhaps run away when they saw him coming, coming to them, right? Except for the time they needed to tie him down as they did uh, to restrain him. No one understood him, perhaps including himself. No one could help him, including himself. And no one was interacting with him. Because it would have been very difficult to talk with him, interact with him, perhaps unsafe for anyone to do so, even if someone wanted to interact with him. But that is who Jesus was listening to. A man who was feared, ignored, and avoided by all people. Someone people dared not talk to or to listen to. So that's who Jesus was listening to. Now, this one is not, may not be a straightforward question. Now, what was this man saying, and what did Jesus hear? Those are not the same question. What was this man saying? What did Jesus hear? What, Jesus, uh, what this man was saying is in a text. Um, you can go ahead. I think I, bold, uh, I did the highlight or bold, I, don't, I don't remember. Underline something on your um, sermon notes. Uh, you also see the highlight here. The text says in a verse 28 to 31, says the demon-possessed man begged Jesus not to torture him, claimed its name as Legion, and begged Jesus not to send them to a base. That's what he said. What you see highlighted on the screen is what this man said. Now, what did Jesus hear? What did Jesus hear? Verse 28 says, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. This is the word that came out from this man, but it was the word spoken by the demon, because demon is the one, demon, demonic spirits are the one who knew who Jesus was and who begged Jesus not to torture them. It wasn't the man who knew who Jesus was, who was begging Jesus not to torture him. The man didn't speak for himself. Jesus went on and asked in verse 30, what's your name? Legion was the response. But that wasn't his name. That wasn't the man's name. This actually wasn't even a name for people. It was just the word to describe the Roman military unit. So it wasn't even anybody's name. When Jesus asked, what's your name? The man didn't say his name. And it wasn't just the name that man didn't share. Even though all these words were coming out from his mouth, what was spoken was not his own voice. 
You see, his voice was silenced. And that's what Jesus heard. In this conversation, Jesus heard more than the demon's responses. He heard the man's silence. While listening to Damon's response and words, Jesus listened to the man's silence, the silence that buried the man's true voice and true self far deep and below. See, when we read this passage, what we may pay attention to is in this story is what the demon said and they, why they said what they said, what that means when they said, what does, why, why did the demon say Legion? What, why is that? And some of us may wonder, why did Jesus give what's your name? We may be wondering what Jesus said. But I don't think Jesus was thinking just that. I don't think Jesus was distracted by any of that. Jesus wasn't busy thinking, oh, what do I say to this, this demonic man? Or what is he really saying? I don't think Jesus was busy distracting himself with that. I think instead, Jesus was listening. Jesus focused on listening to the man. That's why he noticed the absence of a man's true voice. You see, Jesus acknowledged that the man had been deprived of his own voice. He didn't look like himself. He didn't act like himself. And he didn't have his own voice. And even then, Jesus continued to listen to the man patiently awaiting for the revelation of man's true voice, which had been silenced by demons. I think today's passage, I think a lot of people see the power of Jesus in today's passage. The casting out of demons demonstrates Jesus' power and authority over all things, including evil spirits. But I think what's more extraordinary to me is the power of Jesus listening. Jesus listened to the person in front of him. And not just the words came out from this man's mouth, but Jesus also listened to the silence of this man. And Jesus listened to this man with compassion and conviction, conviction that this man's true voice is nothing like the words coming out from his mouth. And this guy's true voice is hidden and buried, and this man actually does have a rich and a powerful voice of his own. With that conviction and compassion, Jesus listened. When Jesus met this demon-possessed man, he saw both the man with demons and how painful that is. And also, man without demons, and how truly that is who he is. In verse 27, we see Jesus saw this man with many demons. But later on in verse 35, Jesus also saw what this man would be without the demons. When he first appeared with no clothes in verse 27, in Jesus' mind, he could see clearly what this man will look like as fully clothed as we see in verse 35. And Jesus knew that he lived in the tombs, the place that no living people live. But he also knew Jesus, in his mind, he could clearly see how this man will returning home, as we see in verse 39. When this man first met Jesus, the man was begging Jesus not to torture him and wanting to get away from Jesus as soon as possible. 
but Jesus knew the very same person who will sit at the feet of Jesus and begging Jesus, please, please let me follow you. When this man first met Jesus, he was voiceless. And it was the demons who were screaming at Jesus to get out. But the end of the story, it is the demons which is silenced. And this man never wanted to leave with Jesus. And he's using his powerful voice to say, I want to follow you, Jesus. Jesus, Messiah, who saved me. And in that true voice of his own, we see who he really is meant to be. A follower of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. As it turns out, Jesus tells him to stay and don't follow me. Because Use your own voice in your own community. See, his tie with the community was once broken, but now fully restored. And his voice was overpowered by demons, now redeemed by Jesus. And Jesus told this man to use what God restored to build God's kingdom in this Gentile land. And so he did. And we see the fruits of men like him later in a book of Acts. You see, this kingdom work began with Jesus listening, not just the spoken words, but also to man's silence. I think today's passage invites us to listen like Jesus did. Listen to the silenced voices around us as Jesus did. And what that means, what that looks like for us is different for each of us. Because there are various ways in which people's voices are silenced, right? For this man in today's passage, it was due to the demon possession that he was, his voice was overpowered. For some of us, it may be the mental illness depriving who really, we really are including our own voices. And while for others, it may be just devastating loss that just makes you silent. Maybe addiction. For some, it may be dementia that really masks who they truly are. Do you hear the silence? Do you hear the silence in people around us? Do you hear the silence within yourself? Well, I didn't. When my voice was silenced, I didn't hear the silence within me. But there are someone who did listen to my silence with compassion and conviction. Last time when I preached from this passage, several years ago, it was after kind of a few years of a struggle with mental illness, uh, with depression. And by then I had, you know, received therapy, had a medication. People have been constantly praying for me, over me. Um, you know, people have spoken to share the words of God. And so I had been receiving a lot, but I still had a days uh, I couldn't function normally. It was a long, long journey. It was, well, I shouldn't say long. It was a long journey for me. And I remember that time, I kept wishing for the day when I would have more energy. I could do things that I used to do. I'll be free from destructive thoughts. I'll be free from the lies I hear in my head. 
I felt powerless, ashamed, and I felt like I'm not being myself. And I didn't know how to get out of it. That's when I studied this passage and preached from it in the midst of all that. And I found great comfort that God saw me with compassion. God saw me the pain that I was carrying that time. But also God saw me with the conviction that God was convinced who I was then is not who God made me to be. And that was a great comfort because I couldn't see that myself. And even with the encouragement from scripture that I received when I preached and prayers and all that and therapy and medication, my struggle continued for some time. And looking back in that process, it wasn't just God who listened to me. There was my therapist who listened to my words that's coming out of my mouth, but at the same time was able to listen to my silence who guide me through the path. I also had many friends who listened to me. One particular friend, my then roommate and a very, very close friend, we may, we actually shared a bedroom. So we had a bunk bed. Uh, she slept on the top and I slept on the bottom. And so we shared a lot of things together. And she saw me um, struggling day to day. And every morning she would make a cup of tea before she goes to work. And some days she, and every day she puts it down on my, my side table because sometimes I couldn't get out of bed. And she just put the cup of tea right by my table and says, okay, I'm going to work, Yumi, have a good day. And some days I just ignore her. Some days it's just tears coming out. And some day I'm just screaming at her like, I can't have a good day, I feel horrible. And this is poor woman gets up early and making a cup of tea and like getting yelled at. And she still smiles and says, I'll be praying for you. And she goes to work. And she did that every single day, so many years. She was listening to my silence by making the cup of tea every morning and being there for me. I'm not sharing this story to say, um, listen to the silence, prayer and therapy, whatever I shared, whatever worked for me is the cure for all mental illness for everyone. It's different for everyone. So different, vastly different. I'm just simply here to testify what is written. What is written is true and it was true for me. What is written in Luke 8 was true for me. So let me ask again. Do you hear the silence? Do you hear the silence in people around us? And some of us don't have words this morning because grief also deprives our voices. Do you hear the silence within you today? Whatever the silence you are trying to hear, around you or within you, let us encourage each other to listen as Jesus did. And we can learn from how Jesus listened with compassion and a conviction. 
And I'm here to say that God does hear not only your words, but your silence. And God sees each and every one of us as fully restored with our true selves, with our own voices. So let us listen as Jesus did.